0: Okay, Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Theology in the Raw. I have on the show today for the third time, my friend BJ Thompson. Now I say my friend, our friendship has been uh, from a distance. We've been admirers of each other's work. At least I've admired uh, the voice of BJ Thompson for quite some time now. And um, I I think I hope you would say the same about me. Maybe not. (laughs) But uh, I um, BJ actually came out to Boise to be part of a film project called Christian Sexuality. uh, Conversations about Jesus, sex and gender. This is a comprehensive youth resource um, so, well, I guess you can call it a curriculum for youth in terms of giving them a comprehensive, compelling, beautiful vision of what it means to flourish as a sexual human living according to the creator's design. Um, we it's a, it's a 12-week video-based curriculum. You can check out more at centerforfaith.com. And I had BJ come out. He's one of, I mean, a couple dozen different people who are part of this project. Um he is a life coach. He deals specifically with helping people have better marriages and more maturity as individuals. And um so BJ and I we <laughs> we just it was during the filming we went into another room and I said, "Hey, let's do a podcast." So actually a video recorded a conversation that I had with BJ we had no agenda. We we didn't have any agenda of where to go. I just said, I'm just going to hit record and let's just start talking. So we start talking about church and that led to a conversation about, um, why a good number of black millennials seem to be exiting the reformed, mostly white evangelical church. We, we talk about that. Then we talk about race relations in the church in America. It gets super raw. I I just, I'm not going to lie. I, this is what I love about BJ. He doesn't do anything but raw. So, (laughs) for <laughs> and so you put two of us in a room together and disaster is going to happen. And that's what happens in this um, podcast. It's actually a great conversation. You're going to love it. If you want to check out the YouTube version of this, you can go to my YouTube channel and you can watch the video uh, of us hanging out and chatting. But without further ado, for good or for ill, here's uh, BJ and I talking mainly about race relations in America. Oh, before we jump in, I need to let you know that this podcast was recorded a couple months ago. Okay, so this uh, I hope things haven't have things changed. Oh my gosh, this is so weird uh, Yeah, so if we reference if it sounds like we're tone deaf to some uh, Catastrophe that has happened between the recording and the release of this episode then that's that's what's going on We're not tone deaf. We're just yeah, we recorded a couple months ago. All right, let's jump into our conversation friends, uh, I'm Preston Sprinkle and this is Theology in the Raw, the YouTube version. I'm here with my friend BJ Thompson. Mm-hmm. Dude, wow. you're here live, man. This is yeah. the first time we've hung out in person. That's crazy. Now, you're a third time guest. This
1: is your third time. We did two. This is your third time. That you're was the... like your biggest episode, was it? It was one of one them, of man. Them. Yeah, <laughs> wow. I don't even know what we said. What were we talking about? I don't uh, It was something then, controversial. what did we do? Probably. It was something controversial. Well, I don't even know what we did talk
0: about. It was good, though. Was like two years ago. Yeah, it was good. You're the, th- you're the first person to do three
1: podcasts.
0: That's crazy. Or this is now YouTube.
1: That's crazy. Maybe it'll be pod- We'll turn it right. podcast to podcasts too. Hey, make sure y'all tell him to send my check. To build a better <laughs> us. Go ahead. That's right.
0: Tell us about what you do. Tell us about what you do.
1: So, my name is BJ Thompson. I'm a Dallas native, I'm not a cowboy ha- fan or hater. Uh, I serve as the di- executive director of an organization called Build a Better Us, um, which is all about growth and development. We create products, services, and experiences that help grow people. Um, through coaching and transformation. So what kind of what kind of
0: people are you coaching? I
1: mean all kinds of couples, different couples, are- people, I mean any aspect of coaching. So we do relationships, we work through health, mm-hmm. we have products um, for people who want to just do life coaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have just have the gamut. So anything around coaching and development, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what we do. We do so if someone coaching. wants if they want coaching, they contact BuildabetterUs dot com, click the yeah. get involved button, click Life Coach. Find A coach that fits for you and your needs, the initial consultation is free. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: our opening commercial. All right. right, we don't need to do any ads on this. No, uh, we do. Show. I'll send you
1: some more. Go ahead. I got some more plugs. Go ahead.
0: You also are a pastor.
1: Yeah, a sort of. Yeah, something like that.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, describe, describe for us your pastoral ministry. Yeah,
1: so I would say, specific to my pastoral ministry, I am more of a faith leader mm-hmm. who is a catalyzer for faith communities, right? So that's more of my role is like, hey, we can create a community of people and develop it. But a lot of what I do is I share leadership. So I share teams mm-hmm. and structure just a whole not. I just ensure that a lot of times, overall, we're going in the right direction. So, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: Now, you're, you're the church, you're...
1: The house the, church. The yeah. house church, yeah. yeah. So
0: tell us, So so... When some, when a lot of people hear house church, yeah, they've got images in their mind yeah. of. Uh, I know in some cases it's kind of like, ooh, that's weird, a bunch of weird people, or what's yeah. going on there? Are if you, I'm there, are it's you... not weird. It's got to be a
1: cool. Church,
0: yeah, it's cool. <laughs> um, yeah. are you anti-institutional church? That's a, that's a bad way to put it. Um, no, why? <laughs> okay, Preston. Why, okay, why would you plant specifically uh, house church? Tell to maybe t- tell us about your ecclesiological
1: drive and passion. Got it. That. So I grew up in a missionary Baptist church. Have always had value and appreciated that expression of faith. Um, got to college, was involved. Where I was more so involved in a non-denominational slash Reformed kind of culture. And I think just being in that, and then moving into a, you know, church planning network kind of culture, and then this missional community culture, I seen a lot of expressions of how you know institutional church works and at a certain point you're supposed to grow up you're supposed to be able to help leave and pour into others you're supposed to be able to care um, and develop and that's what i did Mm -hmm. i grew up right and so part of my growing up was saying man this doesn't fit me in a way that i can feel spiritually nourished and instead of putting the burden back on people who I know pastors as the leaders or institution, why don't I just live out all of the missional missionary mm-hmm. <laughs> things that I've been taught and listen to God and then respond by doing what He put in front of me, which was a house church. So, okay. yeah, that that's good. how to develop. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. A couple so years ago. Said, yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Now. Um, one of the things that I've been thinking about, and we we've talked about this off offline, um, and I got let, let me let me kind of ease into this question. Maybe um, I just I I'm I'm concerned mm. at some of the problems that the financial structure in a so-called traditional Western evangelical church. Um, I'm concerned at how some of the financial structures can, not does, not will, mm-hmm. but can hinder discipleship and mission. When I think of the church, I think there's mission, there's discipleship. Those are kind of the two broad umbrella categories. I guess w- worship would be, but I think worship is probably the overarching category, mm-hmm. discipleship, mission. And sometimes in a traditional model of church, when you've got budgets to meet, you got the, the, the rent to pay, yeah. the AC bill, That's you've right. got salaries, all this That's stuff. Right. And And if you preach a sermon that upsets 10 20 percent of people especially if it's the ones that are giving a lot of that's right. money that's, right. that's problematic that's right. um but even, so so that's why I'm, I'm concerned that um that that kind of financial structure can play a role in hindering uh, discipleship and mission when um when s- uh, growing the church and keeping that growth mm-hmm. is essential for the very existence of the, ma- mm-hmm. of the church mm-hmm. uh, machine, and I, maybe that's a negative word, uh, the church structure. Mm-hmm. Um, can you speak, I mean, cause your, your model is very different from that. Mm-hmm. Was
1: that intentional that you would oh, strip absolutely. away the financial absolutely. piece? Yeah. So I think one of the things is that we have to be careful to not villainize or demonize people mm-hmm. institutionally. Right. And, you know, as I've grown older, I've recognized. You know what? I don't particularly land there, but I don't. I'm not anti that, and and mm-hmm. that. And I just say that because oftentimes, people can swing the pendulum and they can go mm-hmm. and do something new, and you know what they're against, not what they're for. Yeah, that's good, right? It's good. So I think knowing that is like, man, this is what I'm for. I'm not rallying against what I'm against. But I think one of the greatest challenges that I begin to see as well is. Man, if there's a convicting word or something that needs to happen or structural shift that needs to occur because of time, because of shepherding, because of discipleship. A lot of times it's very challenging to do that because of positions and titles and money. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one thing that, you know, was very convicting for me was I still need my soul nourished. I still need the missional Mm -hmm. disciple aspects of church and worship and teaching and all that, but i don't I don't know how to reconcile this and so when I discovered some more of what the church has always been doing right you mm-hmm. talk about house church is not a weird thing because <laughs> most of the New Testament was written to right. a house church yeah right okay. and which makes it make more sense when it says if a person can't leave their own house right <laughs> right that would <one> makes that context <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And so the weirdness left when I realized that it was much more biblical than what I understood. I think for me personally, it was so important to remove money and title. Not that we don't exercise generosity, because we do. So that when people do things, it's coming from a genuine place, right? So if I talk about something, if I'm living in something, you know without a shadow of a doubt, There's nothing that I have on the line for me to say this. The only thing on the line is a conviction, Mm -hmm. right? And so, yeah, so I just think it's so important for us to, even if you're in an institutional structure Mm -hmm. that has that business-like model, it is important for us to guard against that because you do not want to stifle or choke out the word of God Because of those other strengths.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and just a real, yeah, I, I love what you said at the beginning, just that, um, there, you know, there, there's no like one model that's perfect. For sure, e- even ones that might um, have internal, you know, problems or hindrances, they're also have they're, they're also doing things really well and, and mm-hmm. discipling people. And I know loads of pastors who are in a very traditional church sure. model, sure. and dude, they're 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 doing amazing things with mission and discipleship. But some of them would even say. Man, this—the the, the very intrinsic nature of the finances and the church model. For sure. Yeah, I almost wish I could snap my fingers and make it go away. But what what else do I do? That's right. I I gotta get paid, and um, you know, uh, there's other people on staff that need to be released for ministry, and it, and and clearly it's biblical to to release people for ministry. I mean, First mm-hmm. Corinthians nine and First Timothy talk about that, but. Uh, I um, wanna I wanna I wanna go I wanna back because you said something and I'm gonna go here, man. I don't know, I didn't think I was gonna go here, but Goodness. um I have I've talked about this is this. why that
1: podcast was like that, because of this. <laughs> because of this thing right here. This is this is why I was like, whoa, whoa, who is this? Who's this? <laughs> because of this, you're like, oh, I'm just gonna ask <laughs> I'm gonna go here, go man. Ahead. Um and if, if
0: you don't want to go here, just no, let me know. Do it, okay, do okay. It. So is, I I've talked why. to several, I will say um, older millennial uh-huh. black evangelicals uh-huh. who have h- had a stint in the m- largely white reformed evangelical world yeah. and didn't have the best experience. Yeah, myself included. Okay, so... Okay. so th- can you... For somebody who's like, I don't even know what you're talking about or what's going on. But I guess the one name that most people are going to recognize is is Lecrae. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, I, if from my vantage point, as a white person, I can say this, I guess, cause as a white person looking off from the outside, he was really into this, this Evangelical reform oh, world. absolutely. But from my vantage point, I don't know, tell me if this is offensive. I mean, it's almost like when he started to get... Black. Too black. <laughs> black. Then they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You start talking odd. about social issues. You start, you know, t- tweeting things like a picture of a bunch of slaves, slaves. on that's July Fourth, July Fourth,
1: nineteen 1776, Yeah, my ancestors on blew, July Fourth. Yeah, which is a brilliant up. tweet that blew up. Yeah, it, what was. I didn't see anything up. wrong with that. So, so
0: what? What's going? What's going on there? I talked to my buddy Tyler Burns, Good. my new buddy, um, and he had the same kind of experience. Mm-hmm. So, what was
1: your experience like? Yeah. That? So that's a great question. So, what is the rub with? People of color in Protestant, specifically SBC, evangelical kind of denominations. And I think this—this there's a couple of things. Let me humanize this. Okay. There is a beauty in um, wanting to learn, um, understand s- scripture with very nuanced system and structure. Mm-hmm. There's a beauty in it, right? Mm-hmm. There's things that you just would not have even asked yourself about affections and textual understanding. There's just things. It's so rich to be able to have that. Right. And I think that sometimes people are not thinking critically about the faith. So it, it really does. It gives you like certain aspects of being critical about your faith. But in the process of it, what it can also do is it can gut a lot of the relational, the emotional aspects of that, which lead to the greater friendship, right? Mm -hmm. And because in some ways it's saying, just come learn this system and structure, and once you do it, you're solid. (laughs) You're sound. We're going to give you a stamp. And as long as you don't deviate from that and how you communicate, Mm -hmm. then now you are acceptable. And I think that for black Christians, black American Christians specifically, we have long been in a position to where we've had to say to those in power the christianity of the land does not match the christianity mm-hmm. of the bible right <laughs> you keep going man yeah, well. so the fact that you have these puritans and these individuals who know all of these things about scripture the jonathan edwards and yet they own another human being is a idol is a an abomination, is hypocrisy, right? And I think that in a lot of ways, the black Christian, black American Christian diaspora has had to become the conscience of the global Christianity, especially in the white church, mm-hmm. to say this is awful, mm-hmm. right? And so I think part of the experience is because whiteness, white supremacy says, I know already, I understand, there can't be anything different. When others, non-Western, Eastern, non-European people, try to contribute things to God in ways that are authoritative, mm-hmm. it won't be accepted because it doesn't fit neatly into that mm-hmm. system. And so, now, Would you say that's a race-specific issue or is it more white. just a... White. it's white and I'll tell you why I say white because it's built into a structure that's impenetrable Mm -hmm. and it's supported in a society that says no matter where you go in the world whiteness is going to always go to the top Mm -hmm. right so it's it's not and I don't mean white as in German I don't mean white as in Mm -hmm. um, Irish I don't mean white as in Scandinavian those are ethnic groups okay right yeah White as in the structure Mm -hmm. of recognizing people on a certain pigment and then giving them a certain measure Mm -hmm. of social authority, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I'm saying is when you mix that with religion,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: now you're saying that the people who are closest to God are the people who have this system and structure. Mm -hmm. And anybody that wants to get close to God in a meaningful, more mature way... Mm -hmm. All they need to be is in this system. And so this is why you have a lot of black and people of color saying, oh, well, let me just be a part of this. Look right. Let me just be a part of this. You have the best system, the best schools. There's a lot of money here. And I, I put best in quotation marks. Mm-hmm. Right. But then when you try to bring your full humanity mm-hmm. to that equation, you realize you don't accept the full dignity of my humanity. You don't accept my story. There's no merit here, there. And as a matter of fact, when I bring you the issues of like what you see in acts, like, yo, y'all neglecting this. Instead of acknowledging, yo, we are neglecting this, let's restructure this system. Mm -hmm. There is a business as usual kind of tone Mm -hmm. that happens. And I think that's what drives out people. I I guess I still... I
0: wonder if it's still more a specific brand of a white evangelical. I, said, I know SBC. Yeah, because I, I, I don't know. I, I know, like even when you talk about church, or even or even just like um, acknowledging the power and privilege that could come with being white does. In, in certain contexts. I'm going to push back on that. A little does bit. <laughs> no, no 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 no. Does well okay 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 right, well, does well. <laughs> does. But in certain co- in, in most contexts, not 90, every context. Ninety-nine
1: percent, bro. Think about this: people look to would mm-hmm. not question who's an authority. You look for a white man. I in some context. Only okay, so okay. only in Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta, so, that, <laughs> so it's not in my it's yeah. not in my context. But I'm saying it's global. It's not a. We're not mm-hmm. talking about an area. Well, so if I if I go to China. I was in Belize. Yeah, they bleached their skin. Okay, China, Southeast Asia. They have a commercial with this black man, and he walks over to a washer. I saw this. Right, (laughs) that that was weird, man. I I, yeah, okay, okay, okay. But
0: let me give you a scenario in my own life. Go ahead. Um, Because I'm in certain evangelical spaces that are so eager to not have like white people in power and everything. Mm-hmm. So for instance, I go speak, I'm not gonna name the nominations, or it's, it's, it, it was a campus ministry. Good. They value diversity, I mean, it, it's the top priority. Mm-hmm. They had me come in and speak um, on issues of uh, sexuality and gender. Mm-hmm. They spent the, I kid you not, and, and it was a pretty diverse, I would say it was, very, it, it, it represented, it, it, was, it was a very diverse room. Both yeah. the leaders um, weren't mm-hmm. white. Uh, one guy was Asian, the other guy was black. They spent five minutes apologizing that they brought in a white male speaker. Good, <laughs> good. good. What? Oh my- good. <laughs> good. And they said, but it's in terms of this issue, he's the only guy that we trust. Good. He has the best stuff. But good. we're so sorry that it's almost like I'm like I'm like I'm sorry for be- I didn't. Good. I disagreed to this man, but good. like so. I, I just I don't feel like in that context, and that's in that and, and maybe that's the one percent you're talking about. And that's you- what I
1: mean. That's the rare context.
0: Okay. So, so maybe, I don't know, I feel like
1: I I do experience that a little because more, you but I'm not in the, I'm not in the head of... And that's what I was about to say, because you live in, you live with the marginalized. So your normal is this. Your normal is working with people who suffer greatly, and they're marginalized in society. That's why you're like, I don't know. I guess what I'm saying, your original question was, why is it that black folks are leaving these things? And I'm saying because you realize at a certain point that the dignity and the humanity of who you are has to be something you have to fight for. Mm. And I just think, you know, I yeah, said this to, yeah. to my white friends. I'm like, I'm not gonna fight for my humanity and my dignity. Mm. So you can think whatever you're gonna think. What I'll say to you is, you have a warped view of the Christian faith. Mm. And that same thing happened with George Whitfield. Mm. Right, who is this great hero? Talk about how great he was. He adopted all these kids, blah blah blah. Orphan prayed. But him slavery? He deeper than that. The orphanage was losing money. Georgia was losing money. George Whitfield writes a letter to the king of England and somebody else to reinstitute a charter for slavery in Georgia. Are
0: you serious?
1: I'm absolutely <laughs> serious.
0: But so so. I <laughs> you take the whitest, most Southern Baptist person, they're going to say, they're going to condemn that. They don't right. because there's, or schools, do they not?
1: the schools are still named George Whitfield, Right. They're still like, they still teach you this history yeah. in the education institution. But I, here's the you're before, saying they,
0: they just wash over that, that as a part of
1: it. Right. And here's what I'm saying. Here's what's at the heart of it. The heart of it is your soul belongs to God. Mm-hmm. But your body belongs to us. <laughs> I was say something else. <laughs> yeah, I almost said something else, right? So it doesn't matter. Like, as long as we can help you be spiritually renewed, you can make a decision, you can get baptized, all that. That's, that's the ultimate thing. Mm. The fact that you are oppressed, living in unjust society, living in inequality, that doesn't mean anything. And I think this is the rub that black people, they're just like, what is this? Mm -hmm. How is this a part of following Yeshua? When do you see this happening in the church? And it's because you don't see it happening in the church. You only see the church doing that when the church is unhealthy. Mm -hmm. If you're going to go, let's go scripture. Mm -hmm. Let's look at what happened when the Lord was bringing manna. He said, look, I'm going to have you go out to bring manna, to go gather manna. And then when you show up, no matter how much you got, too little, too much, that's going to be enough. Why? There are people who were Mm lame. There were children. There were marginalized people who could not get. The Lord was like, I'm going to ensure that you have. Same with the New Testament church. When they recognized, man, we could be living with an unseen bias. They said the Greek, the widows, like, hey, I don't understand why you guys are neglecting us. They didn't know, right? It's the same. It's like, damn, I don't know. What did they do? They restructured. Mm-hmm. They allotted new funds. They created something so that now, that bias that maybe they did not see at first mm-hmm. could be remedied because their faith was now needing to speak in it. And I just think the biggest challenge that I see with evangelicals is They will not let go of those funds. They will not restructure. And when they do, they will do so void of the power. Mm -hmm. And I just think Mm -hmm. people like myself are just tired of fighting. Just like have fun.
0: So it's not, I mean, so it's you. It's a few others we've named. I mean, do you see it's a fair, there's a lot more out there that have had this kind of experience. All. Leaving. And they're all leaving. Leaving to where? They don't know. Hmm. They don't know. I'm gonna go back to so Whitfield and Edwards own slaves, of course. G, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so okay. So I'm gonna uh, I want to play the devil's advocate. Don't definitely no more advocates. <laughs> <The devil laughs> not not even God. devil's advocate. That was a genuine question. I mean, th- these are people that are product of their times. <laughs> but wait, wait, wait! wait, wait. I wait, disagree wait, 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 wait. with this. Wait, though, no, wrestling. no. Okay. Um, everybody's gonna say that that was a, a horrendous evil. Or I mean, I don't know a single white person. Well, in my context at least, that they wouldn't be like, yeah, that, that, I don't know how somebody could ever think, mm-hmm. given the product, whatever, but like that, that's just a, such a horrendous evil. It's a blind spot. Mm-hmm. You know, we probably have, what are in 200 years, what are they going to look back on? But even someone, so you think, like uh, MLK. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what we can see, the dude was a blatant misogynist. Mm-hmm. I would have no problem um, having a statue of MLK, a school named after MLK. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean I'm celebrating misogyny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that was a blind spot that mm-hmm. he had. I'm celebrating loads of other things about his life. Mm-hmm. This major, maybe even a product of his life. Mm-hmm. Could you know, as many men of that era were, um, still yep. are. Um, so, so what about that? I mean, c- can we not celebrate? all the good things that Jonathan Edwards did while acknowledging in Whitfield this major blind spot, which had to do somewhat with the problem. doesn't excuse it. But no, it... for
1: sure. So there's a passage, and it says, do not repeat the sins of your forefathers. Mm-hmm. And what I want to challenge white people on is we don't do a good enough job uprooting white supremacy in our theology. Mm-hmm. And so because we're spending all this time, we're saying, oh, it's, we'd all agree that that's wrong. Mm-hmm. How much time are you realistically taking to understand the social, spiritual, theological dynamics that existed that allowed this to persist mm. and then uprooting the whiteness from it?
0: Yeah.
1: So because we don't spend any time now, we're just saying blankly this is wrong. Mm. Right. That's Jamar Tisby's yeah, that, book, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. Is the yeah. color of compromise? Yeah. Make sure you go pick it up. Like, <laughs> because we don't know. Because when, what it does yeah. is it provokes guilt and shame. And I'm saying the cross is big enough for well, your mm-hmm. guilt and shame, yeah, right. Yeah. And so for me, I think it's it's challenging because we're talking about sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about a consensual relationship with another yeah. dog, right? And the horrendous evil we don't we don't even barely know. Like many of us haven't even. Because our history books are not teaching us anything about these subjects, we don't really even know what happened, Mm -hmm. right? We're just saying, oh, well, I'll just, you know, there's some good things about it. And so I just think, back to the original question, what makes this such a problematic relationship is because people of color are coming into context saying, we value some of these things, Mm -hmm. but there's a lack of love and there's a lack of justice here. Mm -hmm. And the fact that there is no movement in a way that would restructure it is what puts people of color away. Like I don't mm-hmm. know how to, how is this even biblical, mm-hmm. right?
0: Go ahead. It, well, no, no, I'm going to agree with you here. Not, to, not that my right. opinion matters, but I mean, you know, I, when I learned church history, we learned about Jonathan Edwards, we learned about George Whitfield, never once mentioned. No, of course, these or Rich
1: area or that? Rich Allen.
0: Okay, I mean, add them up. (laughs) Or Richard
1: Allen. Yeah. 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 They left the Anglican church because of racism. Mm -hmm. They tried to stay Anglican. Mm -hmm. Then, when they tried to stay Anglican, they brought archbishops over and they still experienced white supremacy and racism. Mm -hmm. They wanted to Mm -hmm. integrate. Yeah. And then ended up having to start the AME church. Right. That's what I'm. That's what I, I'm I, I didn't learn about that seminar either.
0: That's I mean, what I'm saying. Is that,
1: but that's yeah. intentional because we're not willing to deal with the sins of our forefathers.
0: I, I, I would, from my vantage point, I think it's not. It's not like they intentionally said, "Gosh, we know our professors got together and said, like Jonathan Edwards owned slaves, but we're going we'll to make sure we don't talk about." It. I think it's just the, the blissful ignorance of having a white experience and not even having, not even like, "Oh yeah, I didn't." Oh, I just. Oh, yeah, I guess, yeah, he owns slaves too, but let's talk about his theology. Like, we have the ability to be able to not even care about that, whereas what I hear you saying is, like, we need to go out of our way mm-hmm. to talk about and condemn so that we don't repeat these kind of This is a letters. great
1: point. So, you're married, right? Mm. What kind of stuff do you... I know, same, same. What, is, what kind of stuff do your wife get on to you about? Oh, man. What kind of stuff she <laughs> she get on to you about? She uh, didn't know about? The... Wait, that you, what? That that your wife got onto you about in marriage that you mm. you were not aware of. Give me some stuff.
0: uh l- lack of uh, showing like love and intimacy, or just reaffirmation. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, you know. Yeah, I said it on the wedding day. I do. Like, what do I just keep saying that? You know. <laughs> yeah, actually, you need to keep Sorry. saying that. Um,
1: I mean, I got a whole
0: laundry list. Is this? But not saying I got a whole list. <laughs>
1: so my wife gets on me about my tone. Mm. She's like, "You you said that too forceful, too hard to me. I can't accept it. Yeah, that. yeah. All right." Person, I move off the issue because I value her and see her as my equal. Mm. And now I'm really wrestling through those things. Right. The problem that I see in these mixed churches historically, because we're not talking about now, we're not talking about the last fifteen years. I just listed, you know, Rich Allen, and that happened in the seventeen hundreds, right? Is that whites because they have grown in this comfortability? We're not seeing the full dignity and humanity Mm -hmm. of black Americans because of these idols. Now even when it's said, it's brushed off. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Right? It's Mm -hmm. not taken seriously. So I don't think it's just... MLK busted people for that. Mm -hmm. The letter from a Birmingham jail was all about that. Frederick Douglass busted people for that. Nat Turner busted people for that. It's not about the proxy. It's not about whether or not you have pondered it. It's that when the people who mention it to you, the least of these say it to you, you're not taking them seriously. Yeah. You're blowing them off. Mm-hmm. You're giving this, you're giving that. And I'm just saying a marriage like that won't work. Mm-hmm.
0: I feel like now and maybe maybe it took the George Floyd riots to wake I, I feel like now people are I don't agree with that. Listening much better than that. having
1: in the past. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with it. I honestly don't agree with it. Until you see a restructuring, they're not listening. well I mean, listening I mean it could take a little bit, right I mean what until, would, you, what would, until you say restructuring, they're not listening. What this does restructuring look like? What do you mean? So one of the greatest challenges that we faced was from the civil rights movement mm-hmm. right They started the conversation around integration, okay when that conversation moved into equality right. Removing these things, right? The conversation stopped. We just took down the signs. We said you can come patronize our businesses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was it. And then put new rules in. Then we created things like red Mm lines. Then we started adding new laws to put people in prison and mass incarceration. And so there was no restructuring. You're talking about society though, not you're talking about the not the church. But the church I, I was the church hadn't moved much. The mm-hmm. church the church was involved in a lot of this. You know, the, the color compromise, the reason why it's so such a profound book, just talks about how they were complicit in this. Mm-hmm. They didn't even right. want it as well. And what I'm saying is, we have not moved until we actually start loop like you have to loop something. Yeah. And I think that's the greatest challenge is like we're so entitled. We don't think that we should have to sacrifice anything significant in terms of power. Mm -hmm. And what I would say is we're not going to see true unity, meaningful cross-cultural unity until that happens on a structural level, not just, Mm -hmm. man, I'm reading this book. Yeah. I feel my heart is this. It's like God came to save a people, not just a person.
0: Would you say just a real tangible? We got to get to the airport. Go but, ahead. Yeah. Um, a real tangible, practical, clear first step towards restructuring would be ch- churches having uh, people of color. We'll say specifically black people in leadership positions. I mean, is that no. too simple? Is that or what? No, give, give me a real me. Tangible, tangible. What would?
1: Huh? No, I, I'll just say exactly because inequality, racism is about lack of power, lack of like control right? that's what it's all about, it's about power and control one of the most practical things you can do because there's a social imbalance mm-hmm. is for you to empower black charities and businesses financially, mm-hmm. see we love to have minority served right, mm-hmm. we love to like, per- like talk about that all the time we don't love to support minority owned and it's because we don't want to give agency over your body, we don't want to give that back to you. And what I'm saying is, that is what God does to His people. He's like, no, I'm giving agency over you. Right. Nobody owns you. You can't be owned. And so, one of the most practical things you could do is go find organizations, that, again, that you value, that you're not in control of, right? So you think about how scared. It's. it's an act of faith, right? Find minority owned. Not just minority served. No, yeah. Charities and businesses and then fund them. Write a check. Why? Not that money is everything, but money is a big part of this because money says, now if you don't agree with me, let's go back to that church conversation, right? Yeah. You don't have you're not sitting here in fellowship with me because you're afraid that I can let you go and fire you. You're sitting here because you have your own agency and your own like control of your own life. Now we share a mutually consented friendship and relationship. And I think this is where we're going to start seeing real healing. So one of the things you can do is go to um, hit the donate button, and get behind the work that we're doing, yeah. right? Go find other black-owned, minority-owned charities and businesses, and then rally the church to spend money with them to invest and to empower them. So that now, as you bring them into the conversation, they're coming in with an equity, like a mm-hmm. wife. Mm-hmm. That, that,
0: that, and that, that won't come off as like paternal or like white savior kind of? Not when they own
1: it. Okay. When it's serving, mm-hmm. when it's just served, yeah. that's paternalism. Okay. When I own something, that's empowerment. Okay. Yeah. That's a good distinction.
0: Yeah. We got to go, man. <laughs> Dude, this is—we just got started, man. No, I don't. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate your voice, your wisdom, on, uh, on. your challenge, your honesty. Your honesty it's is raw. so refreshing. The <laughs> fact that we can sit down and have this conversation. Yeah. So, hope Thanks. you enjoyed it. We'll Thanks. see you next time on Theology Raw.